Hi everyone and welcome to episode 173 of the Mighty Whites podcast. I'm Jack, as always, John back here, Hello. How's things, mate? Oh, not bad. How are you? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Uh, it's um, it's nice to have, you know, the stresses of the transfer window over and I dare say Leeds feel the same. Yeah. I dare say Andrew Rodgers on his Twitter account feels the same. Well, no, I mean, it'll be loving it. He had so much interaction. All the interactions. It'll have been getting approached to sell all sorts of weird sex things on the internet. Uh, I, re- I really wish he's had a function to just go, are you sure you want to send this tweet? Just just to maybe have him double thinking. Yeah, I have no idea if he'd been drinking or not, but you know those breathalysers are fit to cars? Hmm. One of them for his phone. Um, but uh, before we get, we'll briefly talk about the Everton game first, but obviously Simpsons title first. Episode 173. Make way for Willie. There you go. Simpsons title done. So Leeds won, Everton won. We'll talk about this briefly before we get into deadline day. Uh, Leeds probably the better side throughout, but Everton probably with the better chances. So was the draw fair? Yeah, probably. With the way Everton, I think, probably wanted the game to go, getting, getting the goal when they did, made their plan a lot easier and we still aren't really at the stage where we're that good at breaking down teams when they when they decide to sit back and, as they did lots of times, just put 10 or 11 men behind the ball. Um, because at times, you'd, you'd see us sort of on the edge of the centre circle and just such a compact sort of back five, line of four, and uh, it was normally Damari Gray who sort of played as their nominal striker, wasn't it? Uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know that you could consider... Some of it, you could barely consider that there was a nominal striker. Mm. So, yeah, it, it, it was frustrating, but I, th- I think for the possession and the areas of the pitch we got into, we, we were probably worth an equaliser. Yeah, I think that's probably fair enough. Like, it was a... It's a weird one because... Like the, it was weird that we were one nil down at half time because at half time I was saying that Everton are the worst team I've seen this season, and I was including on telly, mm. and they were beating us <laughs> at the time, which was a very odd thing to say. But um, their goal, I, I, one thing that did annoy me because obviously everyone has their bias and stuff, and that includes us. We always do it. But the amount of Everton fans I saw talking about what a great through ball it was. It wasn't. It was a bad through ball. He gave the ball away and our defender jumped off the ball. <laughs> it was a misplaced pass. <laughs> mm. But if you're playing against Diego Llorente, you've always got a chance. Just passing the ball. And look, Llorente has good games. He does. He's a very proactive defender. So when he's on a good day, he has a good day. But it wasn't just that. Every time he got the ball, he looked terrified to do anything. He just had one of those days that makes you think, God, if only we had a left-sided centre-back who could play in that role instead of him. And then you look at left-back and there's the guy. <laughs> Did you find, do you find interesting, because I think Jesse Marsh said yesterday that at the start of the season it would have been Llorente and Cooper had everyone been fit, would be his, his starting centre-back partnership. And I know Cop moved around a bit at the back end of last season, but I still found that surprising that it was those two. 
I wasn't surprised at all because that's what he was picking when available last season. Mm. Like he was playing cock at right back, wasn't he? And moving Stroud well, no, over. But... And Stroud, as much as I, I love Pascal Stroud and he's had a great start to this season, he did have a pretty poor back end of I, last season. It, to, be, to be fair, I'm not saying Cooper was the surprise in there because I think yeah. when he came back at the back end of last season, we, we kind of missed his leadership. Mm. Um, it, it's more the Orente aspect of it. Like, I, I know. I'm trying to figure out whether at the end of last season that he saw your uh, cock as the more flexible of the two right-sided defenders, or if he just thought that Urente was the better of the two right-sided central defenders and thought, well, we'll move cock instead. That could be little from column A, little from column B, mm. but I mean, he seemed to fancy Urente more, but I've reckoned Robin Cock has probably been a best player so far this season in terms of, I don't think he's had a bad game, everyone else has probably had one hmm. uh, so he's pretty pretty consistent, so I reckon he's probably nailed that spot uh, yeah, obviously we've we barely talked about the finish, it was full ball good, it was a good finish by Anthony Gordon um, second half leads came out and there were a lot more on it, to be honest, we were we had plenty of plenty of efforts on goal, not all of them great but Luis Sinistera, first Premier League start, cuts inside off the right, left foot, good strike, outside the box, near corner. In the ground, I, I just completely assumed that Pickford got unsighted by the defender going to block it, having watched, having seen the goal back. Um, I'm not sure he was. I think he just got long-footed. Yeah, he, see, he seemed to set himself on that side. And then, yeah, he just watches it go in. Um mm. I did, the, the look on his face once it's gone in, because he sort of turns back just with gritted teeth, going like, oh, I probably should have done better there, lads. Yeah. Although, Great England goalkeeper, though. Yeah. And to be fair, the save where we came out and denied Gellart was a good piece of goalkeeping. That was that was probably the biggest chance to win it. Not the mm. left foot one that he skewed wide, the one where it fell on his right. That was a really good chance. But it. As much as we looked the quote-unquote better side in that second half, Nathan Patterson has that run down the right-hand side where he gets into box, Melia makes a good save. Christensen has to block one with his face from six yards out. And they have a goal disallowed for offside, which is technically offside, but is one of them that I think shouldn't be, really. He yeah. was level. Uh, in the same way I've said it about Leeds goals before, like Gellart at Brentford on last day, stuff like that. That's like sort of in the spirit of the game should be onside. Mm. Uh, so in the end, I sort of have to be happy with a point, although I wouldn't have been happy with it going in. Yeah, I think I think given how the performance went, you you kind of take the point. Um, and it's and it's still a decent start to the season. Yeah, well, we've done about the game now. So just as a little aside. You know, sometimes there's a decision in football that baffles you. And sometimes it's a blatant dive and the ref gives it as a penalty. I actually think the decision to give only three minutes stoppage time in the second half and only four minutes in the first half might be technically the worst bit of refereeing I've ever seen. Just in terms of like, because he did mention constantly, well... Obviously, my camera won't go by enough, but it was like this in the centre circle every time they were wasting time. And then just proceeded to never add any of it on. 
which it's and this is honestly this is not a slight on Everton. If the referee's letting you get away with it, that's on him. Mm. Uh, it's the referee's fault. It's it's not Everton's fault. I mean, Everton came to spoil the game and try and it is on the break, get get a draw, maybe nick a winner, and they did their bit that they needed to do. They had enough chances they maybe could have won it. But that referee was abysmal. Like, he should be up in front of his peers having to explain that and to explain how he doesn't get suspended just for a lack of basic knowledge of the rules. I, I fear with referees that they just have, get blanket agreement with him, though. Yeah. So, no. I, it was, I, I'm it was not really even saying it in a med- it, it probably wouldn't have even made a difference, but it just fucking knocked me. No, I mean, you, you look how long Rodrigo was down with it with his shoulder injury. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm certain that was longer than two minutes. Yeah, and he had it on um, four in the first half when he'd... I mean, I've, I think I've, I've, there's been Leeds fans everywhere going, oh, they started time-wasting when they went 1-0 up. No, they didn't. They started time-wasting literally in the first minute. They took, like, 45 seconds over the first throw in they had. It was... I think it was. I think it was in the, the first time it went out for one of our throw-ins, and Anthony Gordon just passed it downfield. Yeah, like just nope, get rid of this. Because I think just... he got a warning after about five minutes for doing it for for the second time. Well, I mean, about a minute before he got booked, he didn't get a corner, which I haven't seen back on TV. It might have been a corner. He gave, gave a goal kick, and he picked the ball up and threw it away, and stropped and threw his hands up and shouted at the ref. And they're going, well, that's quite clearly a yellow card. Nothing given. And then he goes and commits a yellow card offence a minute later. All I've been saying, I've been saying it for years now, but my kingdom for a referee that'll book one person for time wasting early in a match and just yeah. set a precedent. It'd make the game so much better. Like the fact that the one booking that was for sort of a time wasting offence was for Tyler Adams. And it is weird. On the TV angle, it looks like he didn't do well. I was on the other side in the east stand. He did stick his foot out to block the quick free kick, and I think he got a touch, which is a yellow card. I'm at, but mm. not if you've let the other 15 go all game. <laughs> yeah. So, it's yeah. That... We, were, we were on a fantastic counter-attack there, because I think that pass put Tom Davis on his ass. Yeah, um... Everton fans aren't keen on Tom Davies because they all said, yeah, the pass were behind him, but there was no need to have a stanky leg, was there? Like, mm. <laughs> I think they're just not keen on him as a footballer. Um, so, yeah, draw eight eight points from five games. That stat that's all over that I believe comes from Octa, that gives us a 96% chance of staying up. Well, if anyone can beat the odds. <laughs> if anyone's been known to book a trend. Right. Should we be going for roughly chronological deadline day or the headlines first? Uh, yeah, let's go chronological. Why not? Right. Trust him to pick the way that the notes are not in. Right. <laughs> so, been linked with Wang Hee Chan a fair bit coming into deadline day, but that was by all accounts dead by now due to the amount of money they wanted and Wolves didn't really want to sell. Late night, the night before. Sat- well, when we're on our way to play five aside on Wednesday night, Southampton are favourites to sign Cody Gakpo. And I'm kicking off in the car going, if we let Southampton sign in, I'm going to be absolutely fucking furious. Yeah, this this is when PSV have said, 21 million is not enough, we want 25. Which, I mean, he's worth more than that, he just is. Hmm. And in the end, it was more than that, because there were so many clubs interested. 
But yeah, come home. And then all of a sudden, around sort of bedtime, Leeds are now favourites. And I believe it was, was it in the pub after that there, there was a Jets was... left, a Jet has left Donny to go to Eindhoven and he's booked to come back to Leeds Bradford about eight o'clock in the morning. Yes. <laughs> all of a sudden, excitement. And yeah, we need a left back and a striker. And technically he's neither of them, but he's just a really good footballer. Fortunately for me, I didn't wake up all that early. So I woke up and the deal was already dead. <laughs> um, yeah, PSV have just gone, actually, we're just not selling him. Well, by the sounds of it, Gakpo has said, mm, I'll stay. Um, and we'll, Which is fair enough. It sounds like he's going to sign a new contract. It'll be probably a five-year deal, but there'll be a release clause in it and he'll move next summer. Um, should we have been pushing on this one earlier? And because there's sort of two versions of this. There's people who think there's absolutely nothing the board could have done and should have, and this was the only chance they had. And people who think that we should have been trying to sign him at the same time as Aronson. And I think the truth is probably in the middle. I don't think there was any way he was available until after they got beat by Rangers in the Champions League playoff. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't. I, I know the name had been linked, but we were never firmly in for him until more recently. Um, it was, and, and again, like you say, it, it's it's a tough one because you know where does he fit in at twenty five million? Into this team right now, where it's that, looking, that is, where it's looking that is like, the thing. yeah, like I think it would take a, a, a very bad run of form to drop Jack Harrison. Um, and I think you've already got Lewis Sinistera coming in that's fighting for for game time now, depending on the system that we play and who's available. Mm. So, so even if we were playing four two three one. You know, I'm pretty happy with Harrison, Aronson, and Sinistera. Mm. Um, so it's it's not you know it's 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 a lot of money for us to spend on a position that we totally didn't need. It's why but, I but think... it is a quality player. Yeah, which, which I mean, a player that no. a player that good, a player that good, you can never be mad at signing. Mm. I think that they were going to... I think the plan was to use him as a striker quite a lot, which he has done. But, and then maybe if he really does look like he's brilliant, maybe long-term he does replace Harrison. I think immediately he'd have just been on the bench for two games and then I think it'd have probably been Harrison and Gakpo if we'd have got him and Sinistera would have probably dropped to the bench. Because he's not dropping Harrison. Because no. you could you could sort of play all three because everyone's narrow anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But um yeah, it, it was disappointing because he's a great player, but it isn't really the position we needed. Uh but it falls through and we go in and we're getting a striker. Uh Bamba Dieng from Olympic Marseille. Deal agreed, round about ten million euros, everything is good. Uh, until Ollie, Ollie 
I think his name was, if I remember rightly, he puts on Twitter. Look, obviously, compared to some of the names been linked with, this is a bit of an underwhelming signing, but we need to get behind him. Andrea Ladrizani, who immediately says, agreed. What, that it's an underwhelming signing? Andrea? I'm sure that's I, not good for morale. I, I assume the agreeing part is We're to getting get behind, behind him. him. Yeah, I, but, I, I'm going to give him that. Yeah, but like, I, I know it's his second language, but you, you're literally in charge. <laughs> Just I mean, he also, he also put a space and didn't put apostrophes after several words, but... Yeah. Um, was that... Didn't that tweet also have, like, a couple of names misspelled? Anyway, the the thing is that he puts this, yeah, welcome him to Leeds, get behind him. Oh, well, that's a bit of an odd thing to say when the deal hasn't been announced yet. And... It isn't hindsight. Everyone, all the quote tweets were, shut up, Andrea. Shut up, lads. Why are you doing this again? Did you not learn from the other five times you've done this? So anyway, as the plane's about to go, Nice come in with a bid. Dieng uh, would rather stay in France by the sounds of it. And he bins us off. Leeds pulled out of the negotiation, but it pretty much looks like he bins us off because he wanted to go to Nice. Goes there instead. And, you know, everyone, including live on Sky Sports News, things like that, are dunking on Andrea Radrizani for being basically a bit of an idiot. And it does sound like he did a follow up tweet later where he said, We got screwed on this one. I'm sure that's true. But if you don't tweet it in the fucking first place, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and at this point, it, the frustration lies squarely with him because the, the biggest version of this will always be when Berbatov decided last minute that ah, I'll have a drive to Old Trafford instead on deadline day and I'll just <laughs> uh, I'll hang out here for the evening. Yeah. Gonna have a chat with Man City? Mm, no. Um, so you just you just say go just at least wait till he's in the country. Yeah. Like at least then you've got an idea that he wants like by the sounds of things, you know, he's probably aware that coming in he's going to be behind at least Rodrigo and Bamford. Possibly behind Gelhart as well. Yeah. So you know, if if there is a club that wants you closer to home, I don't I don't blame him for for not wanting to join. Mm. Which which is the which is the awkward part for us signing a striker at this point is that either they've got to be better than what we already have, or you've got to be sort of fourth choice. Yeah, it is a bit. It, well, we've said before it's a hard thing to recruit for. Mm. But just... Suleiman Dukara. <laughs> A Premier League Sulemandicara who's less likely to not turn up. Um, so yeah, that happens. We may as well talk about it now. And then reason another on the list of reasons why you don't tweet until the deal's done. Later that night, he has a medical at Nice and fails it. Yeah. Uh, which so in the end, the fact that it went wrong early was a good thing. Because if it had gone wrong at like nine half nine. 
it turns out we only needed 15 minutes. But mm. if it had gone wrong at half nine, that's a much worse situation than it going wrong early evening. So that wasn't... In the end, it worked out all right. But just stop tweeting, Andrea. So that's fallen through. At that point, we apparently went back in for Huang Hee Chan. There was still nothing doing. I'll be honest, I'm all right with that. The more I, the more I think about that deal, I know he knows Red Bull football and he'd probably be better for us than he was for Wolves, but I just don't think he's particularly good. Hmm. So like, I'm all right with that one not happening. Um, while all this is going on, little scum bastard Daniel James, who, for all his faults as a footballer and what you might think of him technically and the way he's messed up, he messes up counter-attacks with a bad touch, things like that. Has wanted to stay at Leeds, been told you're not going to play, gone, so where is it, Fulham? Cool, gone down to Fulham, sorted out his deal, had his medical, and he has sat around waiting, waiting for confirmation. And if we were doing this to just a normal player, I'd feel really bad. But because this has happened to Jan James before, I felt extra bad. Ah, poor Dan James, who who at this point is speaking to his fourth club in five years. Yeah, none of which is is sort of his fault, really. Um, and yeah, like you say, the fact he, the fact it happened to him with us. Yeah, you just like a don't don't dangle him like this. You can't. Like, if you think there's an, if you don't think there's a chance of any deal going through for Nsaki, just don't send him. Yeah, it was look, obviously in the end, it's gone through Dan James to Fulham season long loan. Ah, my man, Dan German. Dan, yeah, Dan German. Um, but it got announced at like 11 o'clock and he'd been there all day. We should have either confirmed it five hours earlier or pulled out of it earlier. Mm. <laughs> but, um, so after the end's done, that's not happening. There's little whispers about Ben Brereton Diaz, but never really came to all. Apparently, because Blackburn are holding out, they want 20 million. He's got a year left on his contract. No one's going to buy him. It'll go for free in the summer, or for like eight million in January if he has a, if he keeps going well. Um, and then there was Joel Pirrell at Swansea, who has a good goal scoring record, but I haven't watched enough of him to comment really. Uh, and apparently, this one didn't come out well after. There was a slight look at Kalechi and Acha. I tell you what, if to compound Leicester's misery of yesterday, <laughs> if they'd have lost a striker as well, who I know is sort of their third choice striker, but it's not what they need. No, it's, it's to lose another player. If they get beat at the weekend, Brendan Rodgers will probably resign. I don't think he'll want to get sacked again, so I think it might be a mutual thing where he accepts like half pay off and walks none out. Of us, none of us want to get sacked again. No. Uh, but then, it, for, for once, it was actual... Instead of him just tapping in someone else's thing, it was Fabrizio Romano on his live stream at like quarter to 11. Said Leeds are still working on a deal, and it's one of the players that they have been scouting previously. At which point, a fair few people did guess that it was Willie Nonto, 
because Jesse Marsh said we are interested in him and he's on the list. Hmm. So it made sense. And in the end, it was about 45 minutes after, but it sounds like we got, but the paperwork was in in time. Willie Nonto from FC Zurich. Um, it now emerges that even though we knew we were interested in him in the future, we'd actually basically done a deal and we were signing him in January. It, it was basically all you agreed. And once the other deals fell through, we've like added an extra half a million to it and brought him in now. Uh, 18 years old, winger. Can play up front by the sounds of it, but looks more of a winger when you watch the video of him. Uh, like, what is it? Sort of four and a half million up front, add-ons, sell-on fee. Yeah. Um, four caps for Italy already. Um, as Michael Brown has just said, seen him play for Italian national team, got an assist against Hungary, scored against Germany. You know, it's a decent amount of pedigree for a player that age. I know Italy did throw in a few youngsters because they've had a bit of a crisis. We're not qualifying for things. Um, But it's good to see him there. And even though Marsh a couple of weeks ago said not ready for the Premier League yet, it'd be one for the future. I think that means he's not going to start yet. And based on the clips that I've seen, I think he'll probably already offer as much as Dan James, if not more. Um, This is really premature. There's something about the way he beats players. If you ignore doing this with your arms, there's a... I'm, for audio listeners, I'm like waving him around in the air and you'll know why in a sec. There's a bit of Raheem Sterling in there. Like in the in the way in the way he goes at people, um, I I like the I like the look of him to be honest. Once I saw how cheap it was, the deal, I did think I don't know why we didn't do this three weeks ago. No, it seemed an odd way to do it. I, I, I don't know if the cynical part of me thinks that if we wait till January, it makes us look more proactive because we don't normally make signings in January. And if he if he's not going to be... If, if he's not really going to affect first-team plans, then it just looks like we've... we've it actually looks like we've made a bit of effort in January. I, I do wonder if the reason we were going to leave him there while January is FC Zurich have got into the Europa League. Hmm. They knocked Hearts out in the last qualifying round. Like we're in a group with Arsenal and other people. I wonder if they thought if we get if we can get enough bodies, and probably without Rodrigo's injury, this would have been the case as well. I think. Um, I reckon they thought another six months there and playing in Europa League would probably be better than coming off our bench. Mm. So they've they but then when we didn't get anyone in, they've pressed the button now, and I think that's fair enough, really. So, deadline day is Dan James out, Willie Nonto in. Uh, so, what do you reckon are to our transfer window, sort of out of 10? Uh, I'm going to give it a seven. I think, I, think we've, I think we've done this a bit earlier. Um, we, we did I, do an early version of this around yeah. about the first game, I think. It's yeah, seven, seven and a half. 
Um, I, I still think ultimately, despite Rafinha and Phillips leaving, and Dan James now, as a whole, we have a strong Sorry. squad. One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> I'll say picking on Dan James because he's not white. Sorry, because yeah. he is white. <laughs> no, I'll stick with first one. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think on the whole, the, the squad is stronger than it was last year, even though we've lost two individually very good players. And one treasured and... acquaintance. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, it has been a positive window. And, and to be honest, if I know we need a left back, but if if we have to make do with Strauch and if Furpo stays fit, those two compete. Gets for fit. It. Gets fit, not stays fit. <laughs> I can, I can live with that. Um, I'm not so sure I can. <laughs> I could live with that if there was a real, if there was a good left back in the under twenty one side. Alfie McCalmont. There we go. I was waiting for you to say it. <laughs> um, Keenan Carroll. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, uh, I, I was going to say about, I was going to say seven as well. I can't go any higher than seven because. We needed a striker, we needed a left-back, and we didn't sign either. Um, I mean, we needed, like, two central midfielders, and we got two central midfielders. We needed to replace Rafinha. It's early days, but Sinistera looks like the right sort of player. So, it'll work out or it won't, but I'm all right with that. We needed a right-back because Aileen's getting on a bit, and Christensen hasn't started well, but it's still a deal that made sense, and I think he will get better. So yeah, I'm I'm sort of I'm all right with I, I think it's a good window, not a great one. I think if you had a left back, I'm happy. I can live with the lack of striker, really. But yeah, it's a it's a decent window. Um and there is also the thing that Strauch has been better at left back than I thought he would be. It's still not his position, but I mean he's got he's had a good enough season, but he's got named in the Dutch squad today. Yeah, did see that. It's, uh, so he's uh, he's made his choice. Well, I think he made his choice a while ago when he turned down like two different call-ups to the Belgian side. Yeah. I was still dying for that. Uh, you that, forgot is which it, country it is, isn't is it? it? Is it Singapore that he's eligible for? Or is it the Philippines? Uh, I can't I, remember. Uh, he was born s- in Belgium, though. Yeah. Just just so just that is a was that Indonesia. Indonesia, that's what it was. Yeah. Oh, I remember the Dutch East Indies. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been the more interesting one. Just I mean it'd have been a disaster for his career, but it would have been interesting. Uh so yeah, that that's good to see. Um the other thing that is making me all out because a lot of people one it's rose tinted glasses because Everyone does like Dan James because he tries hard, and that is enough to make you liked, even if you're not, even if you're not quite good enough. Everyone will, no one will, no one will properly slag you off if you're really putting in the effort. Um, the other thing is that I realise, and I put this on our Twitter. I realise based on the reactions, I rate Presencio Somerville more highly than about ninety-five percent of his fan base. 
And that's not I'm right, you're all wrong. It could well be I'm wrong. It's more likely that you're right and I'm wrong. But I honestly think that Somerville is as good as Dan Jones. Um, I suppose, I suppose in this system, especially, I think so. Like, I, I sort of feel sorry for Dan James in as much as he was brought in. Uh, a, good, good timing for Michael Brown there. <laughs> yeah, that's the first time for Michael Brown there. Yeah. Um. No, I, I, I suppose the problem for Dan James has been that Bielsa looked at him and thought, "I can turn him into a striker." And it didn't work, especially. And then Marsh has come in and is now playing a, a narrower system, which I don't think works as well for him. No, I don't think he's technically. I don't think he's got the technical ability to be playing inside that often. Hmm. I just yeah. Don't, I I actually think in a Marsh system, he probably would be a better striker. He's a better striker than he's a ten, and he's not really a striker. So I just don't think he fits. Whereas as much as Somerville is a winger, I have seen him play in field more and I think he's got it in him. It also helps that although he's not there yet, especially in terms of fitness by the look of it, it helps that Sonny Perkins is looking really good as well. Hmm. And then adding Nonto as well. I don't... There'll be one game where we are really backs to the wall and we get like two late counter-attacks. And you'll think, well, if one of those players were Dan James, we might have got him there. That will happen. But for the most part, I don't think we'll miss him on the pitch. I don't. Some of the like... Against Everton, there was a couple of times where the ball got played to him when he came off the bench and he just did not look like he had a clue what he was supposed to do. I think he's low on confidence as well as the technique not being at his best. So a fresh start, bit of scenery for him. Let's see if he can settle well because there is we've seen him be effective, not just for us, but at Swansea and even at Scum when he had good days, he was very hard to play against. So I think he'll do well. There is one little last bit of Dan James stuff that I do understand the argument for. We've had a good start, but our thing is still avoid relegation. Should we really be loaning a player to Fulham? Um, I don't know. I'd, I've never, I've never really entirely bought into in terms of relegation, and and maybe this this says more about my levels of optimism. I, I feel like if you were going for the title, you know, if you were going for the league, you know, if you were Man City, would you loan a player to Arsenal? Probably not, but I don't know. I, th- I think for me, it says more about our, like our aspirations that I don't think I see it as that big of an issue. Right. I'm I'm okay with it, but I do understand why people have said it. Because, you know, there is always that chance that he pops up on last day. Mm. And if that happens... I, I, every- yeah, I suppose it's, it's the death If we go just- down, it'll be us, not them. Yeah, I don't think it'd be, oh my God, I can't believe we gave them Dan James and this has happened. Mm. Even though he would laugh. Probably. Yeah. And it'll uh... have to play for us in the championship. I mean, I've got to be, I'm I'm just trying to think who, 
like it probably will play at Fulham. Like they've been playing out wide, they've been playing like Bobby Reed. I mean, they played Jay Stansfield in one of them, but he's gone on loan back to Exeter. Cabano is still there. Yeah, I'm just. I think that they are weak in that position. Reed, Cabano, that Andres Pereira will always plays central, so it won't be him. Uh, yeah, yeah, he'll, he should get plenty of games there at least. And if he has a good run, is there a permanent option in this deal? Because there's been conflicting reports. Uh, I haven't seen what it is, but I know on the Athletic it was reported as there being an option in there. Um, yeah, I, just, also have, uh, J- I also have. Uh, friend, friend of the podcast, Jason Middleton. We we mocked Brighton considering us rivals, yet we are worried about Fulham. Truth be told, Brighton out worrying about us as rivals because they're better than we are. Uh, I'm not worried well, about I, Fulham. I this I, is, this, I, I am worried about to... the the concept of relegation. Is what I'm worried about. Yeah, I mean, at that point, that was around the uh, the Ben White discussions when we came up and why they weren't selling to us. And also, it turns out I don't think we could. We were going to pay fifty million for Ben no. White by the end of that window, but um, um, uh, Michael Brown asking, "Will Dan Jones be eligible?" I, unless they've done something weird with the deal, no, no, I don't think by Premier League rules, I yeah. don't think people can play against their parent clubs. Yeah, the, yeah. It, it's up to the clubs if they play against each other in the cups, mm. but in the league, no, no, it used you used to be able to get permission. Like I remember, Jermaine Pennant played against Arsenal for us. But it's not; it's just a rule now. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's um a bit of a. It was a very leadsy deadline day. I say actually, it's a leadsy deadline day. That's not true because our deadline days have been boring as fuck, haven't they? Recently. Yeah. This was the first time in a while that stuff has happened, and I did see with the Bamba DM going, "Oh, we've got a new one to go with. Don't go to bed just yet." It hasn't. Got, it's not a patch on. Don't go to bed just yet. I did. Yeah, Fulham did. Uh, did pull that one on us, didn't they? When yeah, they there, don't go to bed just yet. There is still work to be done. They should have really. They should have really, really gone for it and just announced they'd sold someone who doesn't actually play for the club. Just like <laughs> yeah. Steve Milliband. <laughs> The third Miliband brother. Yeah. Um, so yeah, on to this weekend, which is Brentford away. Luckily, because they've got that new stadium, we always win at this stadium. Yeah. Always. Without fail. Hundred percent record. Uh Brentford are a little bit different this year, uh, because they played a lot of back three last year, and this year they've only played it once, which was against Scum. Uh, they've been playing the four-three-three. It's the news was that Janssen is in contention to come back. He's missed the last two. Um, but because they've been, I mean, I'm just trying. To, they the last two games, a draw with Everton, one all, where they battered Everton, and then they drew with Palace. And that one, I'm less. Sure, I can't even remember watching the highlights of that to be honest. Uh, so I don't know how that game went. But they've been playing all out of the back four, so I reckon they'll probably stick with it and Janssen will either be on the bench or not play this one and then come back for the next one. Uh, they were a pretty good side of Brentford. Uh, I'm just I'm just looking at the squad now. Uh, like, Raya in goal, good goalkeeper. Aaron Hickey has been playing at right back. He's pretty decent. 
if Janssen's not out, it'll be Ben Mee and that. Uh, it's Matthias Jorgensen, isn't it, Zanka? Who I always... Uh, who used, used to be at Huddersfield. Uh, and then Rico Henry left back, probably. Uh, Vitali Janelt scored in the last game, so he'll probably stay in. Josh De Silva. Matthias Jensen's been having a really good season in midfield. And the front three, if they play it like this, which isn't for certain, but Wissa, Tony and, and Bermo. Hmm. It's... It's a pretty good team, and it's very, very, very dangerous on the counter-attack, and it's a very, very, very dangerous long ball in behind your fullback. Yeah. Which is a problem when you're us. Uh, I do wonder, because he hasn't started the last couple since they signed him, whether that Damsgaard might get a start. Yeah, he came off the bench midweek. Um, they started with uh, Kate Lewis Potter as well. Oh, yeah. Or did, but... or did he start against Palace? Yeah. Because he's a weird one. They paid a load of money for him, and a load of people whose opinions I respect talked about him as a really, really, really good signing. But I haven't seen, I properly haven't seen enough to really know. Uh, so I'm assuming that he's a good player. I believe. Actually, now that I think about it, didn't he get an assist with like a flick on? I don't know. But yeah, uh, it's a it's a pretty decent squad. It's not it's not like amazing. It's not something that's going to really scare you. But well, they got rid a, of the Deadwood, it, didn't they? They offloaded they offloaded uh, Ericsson to Scum. Oh, I'd maybe use a different phrase. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, ah, it's acid wood. Yeah. Uh, he's yeah, and yeah. I'm just looking at this. Mankelberg just said that they're unbeaten at home this season. But they're unbeaten. Are they unbeaten everywhere as well? They're unbeaten. I can't. They, they must have drawn a lot of games. If that's true, I'm trying to remember. You say a lot. Well, they played a couple of games. Yeah, true. I'm a my my memory is. It's uh, not like they've won one, drawn three, lost one, and then lost one. Yeah, I thought that they were just unbeaten at home. Uh, but yeah, they, they these... are two points behind us in the uh, in the chase for Europe. Yeah. Um, what do you what do you reckon the game's going to be? First of all, we've gone through their team roughly. What it'll be? Who scares you? Ivan Tony. Hmm. Anyone above the above five foot eleven? So I assume is most of their team. I don't think Whistler and Burma are particularly big. Um, fullbacks aren't. Obviously, Zanka is, Ben Mee is, and if he plays, Janssen is from set pieces. But Tony just bullies centre-backs. And we have bullyable centre-backs. Hmm. That's the nice way to put it. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go with that. Um, to, to be fair, like you say, is a squad that, that they've got a decent bit of depth now as well, haven't they? Um. It's it's one of those teams where there's no one so good that I'm particularly frightened of them. Mm. But they are a very well-drilled team at this point. They, they know how they play. Mm. His end product's not always there, but every time we play him, and Burmo creates three good chances just by running at people and beating them. So he always worries me. And if we are going to play Sinistero on the right, which you'd think we are, 
Rico Henry could be a danger getting forward on that left side. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, the, the, we can worry them, they can worry us. Uh, do you think that we will make any changes from the Everton game? Well, obviously, Rodrigo. Yeah, Rodrigo but... will be out, and it's between Gellhart and, and Bamford to start. I must admit, in the uh, Everton game, as much as he looked a little bit rusty, we played three long balls up to Bamford, but he just won and brought down and laid off. And you were looking at it going, God, we've been missing that. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think for me, I'd probably keep him on the bench for another week. And I, I don't see at this stage of the season with us having eight points that if we are not 100% confident in him playing an hour, then, then I don't think it's worth risking it. Uh, yeah, that's probably true. Like, we have been a lot less likely to uh, to take those chances, haven't we, recently? Which is probably the right thing to do. The other chance like that is... Um, Marsh did mention that Cooper's in contention. If he's available, I think I would take that chance and bring him in for your entry. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. I don't know if he will, but... I've not no, got I don't, to say to that, to be honest. It's just... No, I don't think he will either, but if he's available, I would take that chance because I really... I think... We keep trying to play out from the back, and I think you enter being on the wrong side is causing us a, a real problem. Um, I've just mm. noticed that who scores predicted who scores predicted lineup for this as Mateus Click starting in middle of midfield. I don't see that happening. Who's uh, not started a single game? No, unless Matt uh, in with Adams, unless Matt Rock has got injured in, and no one knows. I don't see that happening. I will. I will say his, his appearance against Everton is, is probably the the worst click appearance this season so far because he's, he's done quite well coming off the bench so far it's, I don't know I thought it was a bit more to last season yeah it seems to suit him doesn't it I think it's because he's coming on further forward so he's getting able, mm. he's able to play some nice passes and stuff and that's the thing but, as well he played in a Premier League game so when he got a chance he absolutely blazed it over the bar yeah if that had been, that had been a League Cup game midweek he'd have scored that yeah um, yeah so rest of the team will be as we've seen in the other games and um Obviously, we got none of his predictions right last time because Spets didn't come in, and we all thought we were, and we all said that we were going to beat Everton. Uh, so, what do you reckon it will be for Brentford away? Uh, I'm going to take a one-all draw. That doesn't sound unreasonable. Uh, I think I'm going to say two-two. I I was thinking draw as well, to be honest. Mm. In fact, no, I'm not. I'm going to say we. I'm going to say that we get beat 2-1 um, and I haven't really had a look for a bet because I've been so rushed today bloody children taking up all your time yeah they're no good I've I've got mine here I've got uh, Johan Weiser, Patrick Bamford and Lewis Sinistera plus one shots on target each uh, Wiss, uh, Banff, Cine, yep. one or more shots. Uh, yep. Each each team, four or more corners. And each team, two or more cards. Two. 
Uh, what price? 11 to 1. That sounds a bit stingy. Um, mind you, though, specials always are stingy because it's pre-built hackers. Um, I was thinking about just going... So I, I know I'm having both teams to score. I just didn't think about else because <laughs> I'm fairly sure that it's going to be both teams to score. I think that I probably will just do the... Uh, Am I, should I just be really dull with it? No, nah, that's not a big enough price for it to be worthwhile. The, uh... There it is. Uh, I will then just go with what my prediction is and I'll have Brentford and both teams to score, which is 3-1. Uh, I'm kind of hoping to reverse jinx this a little bit and hopefully get nothing, but we'll see what comes out of it. Um, as always, with an away game, I think I know what your answer will be, but would you take a point? Yep. Yep. In London as well. It, yeah. Uh, for what it's worth, Leeds are like 9-4 to four to win, Brentford 11-10, to 10, so not not particularly strong favourites, but favourites. And uh, I'm just trying to think. I, I am working during the game, so I will be able to watch it, but it normally means I'm a bit calmer watching it because I'm a little bit distracted. Mm. Uh, do you know what you're doing for it? Uh, panicking. Panicking. I imagine. I I will find somewhere to watch it. There will be a means. Uh, but yeah, I think that that's all. Did we? Oh, it just jumped into my head. Uh, Jack Jack Jenkins scored in his debut for Salford, didn't he? I was trying to think if there was any oh. other trans. I was trying to think if there was any other transfers out since we last did a pod. That one we did talk about last time, I think, but it just came into my head. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's everything that we need to do. Hopefully, like, we won't see Nonto at all tomorrow. I wouldn't... When do Leeds under-21s next play? I'm just worried that uh, about 10 minutes after we finish recording this, that it turns out that the Nonto deal didn't actually go through properly and he has to go back. Yeah. Uh, there's no under-21 game until, like, the 9th of September, that looks of it. So that might be the first time we see him. Um, but yeah, that will do us for a podcast. Hopefully, we can get a result against Brentford. Any sort of result will do, uh, but a win would really look nice. So, I've been Jack. See ya. I'm in Casey. Have a good one in a bit.